from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. The show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to hey. episode 148. 148? That's a lot. Wow. Yes, that's like a lot. So we're, um, we're, we're coming to you live from the, well, not live, but we're coming to you from the basement of Effort Lodge as usual. We have uh, two people on the disabled list tonight, uh, Jack and Larry. What was Jack's malady, or is he oh, he's a speaker Jack's, tonight? Jack's doing a speaker in a lodge tonight. What's he speaking on? I have no idea. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And Larry's just not, Larry's under the weather. Yeah. So we're going to force Josh to come off the bench a little bit yeah. and, uh, and maybe actually interact with our guests. Calling him up from AAA, the A-team on the producing side of, from AAA on the uh, podcast side. We're going to make him talk. Come on. Dance, monkey, dance. You can do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we do have a a guest tonight. Our guest is the commander-in-chief of the Valley of Harrisburg, um, the illustrious Lynn B. Baker. Uh, You'll be hearing from him in a second, but welcome, Lynn. Appreciate it. Thanks. Um, And you'll probably end up hearing us calling him Bud or something tonight. Something. You never know. We'll see. Okay. Bud's preferable. Bud, B-U-D, right? That's correct. Okay. Not Bob. Okay. <laughs> bud. All right. We'll stick to Bud. <laughs> so uh, our show tonight is brought to you by our, patro- our patrons on Patreon. And you too can be a patron on Patreon by uh, donating as little as $1. $1. You can just go to uh, patreon.com slash Masonic Late Podcast and uh, you can make us a donation. Um, we do lots of good things with that money, like buy our guest dinner. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> And buy equipment when we need it. Yeah, so. we just bought some uh, portable equipment. We were able to go out to the Indian degree with it. And we normally would be going to the uh, the Valley of Reading Christmas extravaganza. But it happened to be a little uh, incident with something throwing incident. a fire through the window. Right. So not going to get to do that this year. So um, we'll recap our what we've been up to for the past two weeks. I'll start and I'm going to go counterclockwise. So for me, basically, I'm I'm learning on the job as the assistant secretary at the Valley of Reading, and um, you know I'm there five days a week, and it, unless I'm at a doctor's appointment or a surgical procedure, <laughs> uh, it's fun. Uh, it's it's neat seeing how the sausage is made, but I can see, and I and this is respectfully, how like knowledge gets. Tr- whisper down the lane like every 10 years a secretary <laughs> so you know my predecessor who's still there he's doing things the way he was taught 10 years ago and some of the things Net- Netscape 
<laughs> New brooms sweep clean. Yeah, so there's just some things that just bringing people into the mo- bringing it into the modern age a little bit. Have you I updated just, your MySpace page yet? I just uh, uh, Friendster. Friendster. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to get them in like 2004, right. 2010 tops. I'm mm-hmm. not getting, trying to get too crazy. Okay. But um, we're really looking forward to get getting back into making Scottish Rite Masons in the spring. So, uh, Timmy, what have you, you been up to? Well, I'm only going to mention a couple of these items because our guest, I'm sure, will want to elaborate on a couple of the things that I've been involved with. Since our last episode, I attended the U.S. Marine Corps Band concert at the Valley of Harrisburg. I'll leave that at that and let Lynn talk a little more about that. Uh, the next night, I attended the, the Valley of Harrisburg's Murder Mystery Dinner. And yeah, and I want to hear more about that, too. Yeah. And unlike the question I got the last time, not all murders in Harrisburg are mysteries. So this one was revealed before we left that night. So this is the first murder solved in Harrisburg in 30 years. <laughs> a double. Double. Oh, double. Wow. double murder. A double murder. Yeah. All right. We'll talk more about that later. Um, I actually had the honor of being, what do you call it, inducted? Uh, into the operatives. Is that what it's called? Inducted? Yeah. Induced. Induced. Okay. They they found out you had $1,500. Oh, you're not a charter member. I'm not a charter member. Uh, That's so right. you didn't have to pay the big bucks. I didn't have to pay the big dollars. Okay. So, but that well. was quite interesting. Um, looking forward to continuing with that. Um, it gets more interesting. That's what I hear. Looking forward to it. So uh, with that, and then really about every other night I've been going to the Valley for a rehearsal and gearing up for our upcoming reunion. And then the last three... Are you rehearsing for degrees or just the opening and closing? Well, there's a lot of degrees going on because I head up the video production part. Oh, oh, okay, Um, I forgot that part. I'm there helping with some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Because I know you're in what Lodge Perfection. I'm in the line of of the Lodge of Perfection, yeah. Yeah, which we need to clear something up. It is the best line. No, no. No, no. They pay the bills. The the, the (laughs) consistory pays the bills in in our... our building and the best line is the rose croix line i have to tell you i will agree that's where i am i'm sorry uh, I but can't i'm the commander-in-chief i'm a past most wise so the best line in harrisburg right now tim is rose croix because i saw a t-shirt once and it said lodge of perfection we pay the bills princes of jerusalem we do the work uh rose croix we say the prayers consistory we take the credit there it is <laughs> <laughs> Well, just remember one thing. Right now, I'm the king, and it's good to be king. That is true. So jo- Josh, whatever you say, go ahead. Josh, what, have you done anything Masonically? Have you driven past a Masonic Lodge? Have you? Uh, I have driven past a Masonic Lodge. I, I missed Lodge meeting uh, because of work, but that's, that's all I've been up to. You produced our last episode. Well, yeah, but I always do that. And that took special effort. It did. Well, thank you for your ongoing contri- contributions to Freemasonry in general, and our lodge in particular. Yes. <laughs> Bud, tell us about, uh, it's probably a lot, because you not only are commander-in-chief, you're also a district deputy. That's correct. So yeah, what have you I been mean, up to the past two weeks? Oh, God. Have, you, have you been home in the past you, two weeks? You don't have time to listen to everything. Um, yes, actually, I have been home. It's, it's not that awful bad if you know how to... Um, take care of your time if you're good at managing time you can you can make all this stuff happen and still have time at home and do whatever but um well like tim said we had the the marine corps band we had a murder mystery dinner theater which we'll we'll elaborate on all this stuff later um 
on Monday, I went to my home lodges because I belong to two. I'm one of those guys that's dumb enough to pay dues at two lodges. Um, they both met jointly at my home lodge, my original lodge. Um, we had a dual meeting with both of them. One of them opened, paid their bills, did the business of the lodge, the set, and then called the second one up. They did the same thing, ran the business of the lodge, and then they had the program, which was PA Wounded Warriors. Um, that brother's from uh, Brother Tim's Lodge in Mechanicsburg, and uh, that was pretty cool. And then my lodge closed, and then we went over and had refreshments afterwards. But... Um, I had uh, the Red Cross of Constantine last weekend. I mean, you name it, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly doing something Masonic, being uh, involved with Grand Lodge and with uh, the Scottish Rite. That's awesome. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break. And before we take the quick break, I am going to make an attempt at a, at a live commercial and not cough for a good friend of the podcast. So here we go. Hey everyone, here at Masonic Light Podcast, we run into lots of electrical problems. Like the time when Larry was over there trying to put a fork in the, uh, in the socket and was getting zapped and shorted out the whole system. So in these situations, we call in an expert. We call Scott Helm Electrical. Scott gets our electrical systems back up and running in no time and even assists us in prying Larry away from the wall and getting the fork out of his hand. Besides podcast emergencies, Scott Helm Electric can handle all of your residential and commercial repairs and any kind of electrical need. So whether you just need a socket repaired or you need a complete business solution and you live in South Central Pennsylvania or Philly Metro or anywhere within like three hours of here, Scott Helm's your guy. You can reach Scott Helm at 484-905-1938 or at shelm, S-H-E-L-M, at sjhelmelectric.com. And we're back. Tonight's uh, guest is Brother Lynn B. Baker, uh, also known as Bud. Uh, he is uh, an illustrious Lynn B. Baker, 33rd degree. And final degree in Freemasonry. And the final degree in Freemasonry. Uh, and district deputy of the 46th Masonic District in Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome to our podcast tonight. Glad to have you with us. Uh, so why don't we just start by uh, having you talk a little bit about your role as commander-in-chief, kind of what you've set out as goals, and uh, we'll, we'll start out in that in that area. Sure. Um, you know, I, I first off, I got on the accelerated path. Unfortunately, um, one of the guys that was supposed to move up before me ended up uh, having a, a problem and losing his job. His company uh, moved out. And uh, so I went straight to first lieutenant commander. So I didn't have the whole six-year buildup to get there. But in those three years, I had already made my mind up you know, what I was going to do, a lot of things. Um, I sat through the six years of uh, the Rose Croix line and then, you know, three years of being first lieutenant commander of the way we used to do things in the Valley of Harrisburg. Um, like our current grandmaster says, uh, his famous saying is, I'm not your grandfather's grandmaster. Well, I'm not your grandfather's commander in chief. Um, <laughs> I've made a lot of changes at the Valley of Harrisburg. Um, 
I'm not everybody's favorite for some of the changes that I made. Um, but over the years of being a district deputy and having guys talk to me before that, you know, if you're not making someone upset, you're probably not doing your job 100% right. And look, I hate change just as much as the next person hates change. But I also know that, you know, change is the way of the future. And if you don't change, you're going to die. You know, so we need to evolve is probably a better um, a better way of putting it. And if you've never come to a stated meeting at the Valley of Harrisburg, we used to read everybody would open up. All four bodies would open up and every single one of them went through the same thing. They would read the minutes, do their whatever, ask for petitions and then close. And the next body would do the same thing over and over and over and i sat through nine years of that and i said when i take over this is not going to happen so i got with my friend illustrious brother bob bateman right Russell past grandmaster and deputy for the state of pennsylvania said bob i need to change this and and he said here's what you need to do so we post all of our minutes now. We don't read them. I have my officers all do a program. I do a program. Um, we've changed that, and I think it's a proven fact that we've changed it for the better. Um, my last stated meeting, I had 75 members show up, um, which the numbers have progressively grown um, for most every meeting. I mean, there are some meetings where they, you know, there's so much going on that they don't. Another thing that we have now is my lady Holly and, and she has um, started a ladies movement at the Valley. Um, so in um, March and October, we have a bingo at the Valley of Harrisburg. And for many, many years, um, the secretary would go out and they would buy the prizes. And, you know, look, it's, it's guys and it's old guys. You know, they don't buy stuff. For, we're, go, we're going to big lots and we're buying like, <laughs> yeah, crap like that. <laughs> exactly. They don't buy stuff that women are going to want. You know, so you want the ladies to come. So my, my lady's there and, and a couple other ladies are there and they're like, yeah, do you think we can uh, take this over and, and go out and get the prizes? I'm like, I don't care. I said, but remember one thing. You're setting a precedence that is going to be expected from this day forward. <laughs> I said, so understand what you're doing. This is not a one-time deal. So they went into this, and they changed it completely, and, and uh, it was a huge success. And the girls met on their own to work on this, and they, they liked it. So it started out about six or eight of them, and the last meeting there was 30. And, and at every meeting, more ladies are, are giving email addresses to be involved. So that's growing tremendously. And if the ladies are wanting to come, you know what's going to happen. They're going to show up, and their husbands are going to be there for the meeting. One guy showed up the one night, and I said, Paul, you brought your wife. And he looked at me and put his head down. He said, she made me. You know, so it's, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. I, I can tell you from the Valley of Reading that um, in some ways, the ladies' auxiliary we have is more organized than we are. Oh, much. Well, and, and that's it. We didn't have anything like that. And now we do. And it's growing tremendously. You know, every time I turn around and, and we have Scottish Rite clubs. And, and when I 
go to the meetings, I talk about it, and then, you know, more email addresses for Holly to contact and that, it, you know, it, it's, it's growing. And the great thing about it is because that's growing, our meetings are growing and it's just it, it's working at you know at this point it's working and it's it's really doing well um that was the first thing i wanted to get rid of and, and make changes with you know it's just just difficult and i changed the way we open and close our reunions too um we used to have each body go up on stage open up do a degree from that body and go through, you know, the spiel, you know, go through their dialogue and go through the battery and do that and then come down. And then the next body would go up and do that and come down until you got to the consistory body. Um, and, you know, what we need to realize is these reunions are not for you or me. They're not for us on stage. They're not for the officers to be up on stage they're for the for the candidates so if we take that away we saved enough time to plug a whole nother degree in the reunion and still have some other things and we've done a lot of other neat stuff so each officer is given a set of five questions and brother tim does a video of each of us answering these questions and talking about these things and then we have a big video system in in the valley and it's played kind of like a commercial and it works believe me it works the first time we did it i'm at lunch walking around talking to all the brothers at lunch you know i do my best to talk to every single person if i can get a chance to lunch is one of the best times to walk around all the tables and talk to everybody as best i can um and I'm standing at this one table, and this one guy looks up at me, and he starts asking me all these questions. And I'm answering the questions, and, and I finally I looked down at him and said, Brother, how do, how do you know this about me? And he goes, I watched the video. You know, so it works. It really does. Um, you know, so those are th that was another thing that I wanted to change because, again, we've got to remember – the biggest thing we've got to remember is – this is not for me. It's not for you. It's not for us. It's for the guys sitting in the seats. And, and you know, unfortunately, some of us lose that perspective. Um, you know, they're, they're upset because they're not in degrees that they've always been in. Or, you know, I, I had a couple of the older guys that were upset that I changed that not having those guys up on stage. But in, in, in our valley, every single guy that is in the officer line is a past master, you know? So if you can't memorize your dialogue, go, th go up on stage and go through your dialogue and, and go through the battery and everything, which those guys don't remember any of that. Anyways, if you can't do that, you know, there's something wrong because you're a past master. You should be able to do that. So that was one of the other reasons why I got rid of it. You're not teaching them anything. You're not making them officers. Um, you know, so that's a lot of the things that I had in mind when I took over. Um, again, I don't like change any more than anybody else. But if you don't evolve, you're going to die. And we have had so many events at the Valley it's it's energizing the membership we're giving them value for being a member you know even though you know we had to murder mr dinner theater it was 50 bucks a head but that's still value 
even though you have to pay, it's value because I'm doing something at your valley and it's exciting and, you know, the the buzz after that was incredible. Oh, and it was also open to the public, too. Yes, absolutely. So it gives the public a chance to see what, hey, these Mason guys have fun. Right. And and there was people in there. I walked around and talked to every table. And first off, every table was looking up at me like, we got to do this again. This is absolutely great. Um but, you know, I, I went to tables where there were n- n- no Masons whatsoever. It was, you know, someone that lived right down the street. The one table of, of ladies and gents were from right down the street. And the guy starts asking me a whole bunch of questions about being a Mason and, and all this stuff. So, you know, d- are we getting a new member out of that? It's it's possible. We had Masons there who were not Scottish Rite Masons, you know. The one guy looked up and he goes, this is what you guys do here? I said, we do now. He goes, I want to be a part of this. I, I need a petition. You know, so. That's awesome. It, it's it's just what we're doing is working. So I actually thought of a fundraiser we could do for the podcast. Uh, for $25 contribution, you can submit a name of somebody you think the commander in chief is she, pissed she off. kill. And no, who's pissed uh, off, who he's pissed off. And maybe we could randomly draw from the hat and uh, and, and crown a winner or something. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we, we really won't do that. Yeah, no, we ain't getting into that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the inside scuttlebutt anymore up there, but I think I could ask one or two people and get all the answers. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you could. Sure, we could get a lot of names. So it's all good. So talk a little bit about. Um, You've talked about a lot of change. One of the th- changes that I've certainly noticed is the way in which we use our facilities. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, we we have been um, – let me back up. So a few commanders and chiefs ago, you know, they were talking about selling the building, and um, nothing ever came to fruition. And then – the, the the one before me um, was just, you know, he, he didn't really have a mindset either way. And and I saw we were moving in uh, n- n- not a good direction, a stagnant direction. Slapping, just slapping water, not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I put together a strategic planning committee who, who, you know, went through – all of our stuff and then i talked with the secretary and i said you know we need to change if we're going to stay here because like any other organization our membership is dwindling so we rent the living tar out of our building mm-hmm. um and people love it people are you know knocking down our doors we've got so many dance um, companies that want to come there with the ballerina and whatever else they do. Um, we have no weekends left for those kind of people. They have them all taken. You know, we're pushing people out onto other dates or, um, you know, it's it's incredible the amount our building is getting used. Um, and people are seeing, they didn't even know we existed until, you know, they started to we started to rent to certain people and word got out and now it's like everybody wants to come there um, and rent our facility and we have so many different options you know we have two ballrooms we've got a huge uh it's 1100 plus it's almost it was at one time almost 1200 seat auditorium um you know and if we want to live there we've got to live with the fact that we got to rent the building yeah, I mean, now as an assistant secretary at a different valley, and 
the pie chart looks exactly the same as Harrisburg's. Like, I don't know, it's somewhere between 40 and 50% of the membership is over 70. It's somewhere in there. And it's like, at a certain point, we're going to start losing the revenue from dues. So unless we've got crazy investments somewhere that are going to cover that. There are lots of lottery tickets. You're either going to have to bump the dues way up or get your money from somewhere else. Well, and, and that's just it. I had, you know, several of the brothers are not happy that we're renting the building as much as we are. Uh, and, you know, I, I my my thing is to them is when I talk to them is like, here's, here's your choice. You either let us do what we're doing by renting the building or you're going to have to pay 500 to 1000 bucks a year in dues to for us to live here. It's simple math and and uh I don't think anybody wants to pay that much money in dues and they don't, you know. Then they start understanding a little bit. Um it's hard because I hear and see the numbers being in the, you know, in the position I'm at. I, 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 I see the numbers at all times and I and I hear them in certain meetings and stuff so I know where we are and it's open to anybody you know we're we're wide open anybody in the valley that wants to see that stuff can as a member but they don't come and ask to see it and it's like they're oblivious to it until you start talking about it a little bit. So, you know, again, like any other organization with our membership dwindling, we don't have a choice. Um, you know, so, again, we're doing something to make it easier for us to live there forever because, you know, we're past the point of no return. We'll never get what we would need from our building if we did sell it. You know, and to try and buy a piece of property and then build a building and to do what we do, it just it we would never get the money that we need. We don't have the money that we would need to. So we've got to do what we got to do to stay where we're at. Being a uh, connoisseur of uh, fine cigars, uh, one of the uh, biggest changes, uh, one of the best changes. Uh, has been the addition of our little outdoor cigar lounge. Yes. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I know it, well, but our listeners may not. So, we again, we rent the building a lot. Um, and as commander-in-chief, you know, the buck stops with me no matter what. Um, I was getting phone calls, you know, because we'd have rentals the same time we've had, would have a Masonic thing going on, and... You know, since 1954, when we built that building, coming out the back door is where all the guys stand and smoke. Cigars, cigarettes, whatever. Um, I got several complaints from... Non-smokers don't want to walk through smoke. Right, right. Basically, I get it. I, I got complaints from renters. I got complaints from members. So after the second or third time, I got a complaint from... Uh, somebody, um, I called down to John, the secretary, John Cook, and I said, all right, John, this is what I want to happen. I want you to find me a gazebo. I want to know how much it costs, and I want it paid for by the smokers. I said, and I'll even kick in 200 bucks towards it. I don't, I haven't, I mean, I still have my cigars at home and that, but I haven't smoked and smoked them. I keep them humidified but i haven't touched them for uh a year and a half um at this point um but i told john this is what i want to happen i said because 
if if we don't do this, the first thing's going to happen is someone's going to drive by and say, oh, they're spending money they don't have permission to spend. So I called John. I said, this is what I want to happen. Make it happen. And he called me back not long afterwards, and he said, I found a gazebo for, I think it was about 1200 bucks. Um, it's, it's really, really nice. Um, and then we went out and bought treated lumber and made a deck, but it's not... It's not on a permanent foundation. It's not on a permanent foundation, so we didn't need to get a permit to have it done. It can be moved at any time. Not easily, but it can be moved. Um, so that's what happened, and I called John. I said, listen, I'm telling you, this must be paid for by everybody that uses it. And it was, and some. Within like a week or two, guys we, chipped in, it was paid for. Yes. And I was out there for secretary training, and the regulars all bring their own lawn chair. Mm-hmm. And they sit out there, and somebody kicked in, or maybe the everybody kicked in, but there's now, a, it, was the, it was the fall. Mm-hmm. So there's an aluminum, or a propane heater out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is nice. The commander-in-chief bought that oh, okay. <laughs> to start, and that, but I was also told that someone, someone made a donation that I would, get, I would get my money back on that if I bought it, because I found one that was, it was pretty, pretty inexpensive. Yeah, and so there's a metal roof, so there's no fire risk. Right. Plus, the heater has that big reflector on top, like at a bar, outside bar. Yes. The heat comes down. Yes. And there's a vent. There's a second little roof with a vent. Yes. So, so there's no away. heat. There's no heat getting trapped. And no. Yeah, and we've awesome. got the little panels that we can put up around the side when the wind's blowing, so you don't freeze to death in the winter. Yeah. And I heard about a rumor about the next step because. Oh no, it's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. Because once again, you know, if you build a walkway. You have to get a building permit. Right. But tell us what a memory garden is. Well, it's actually a memorial garden. A memorial garden. Yes. So we were thinking, you know, I'm as John calls me, I'm the 20-minute idea guy. Every 20 minutes I come with, up with an idea of what we can do at the Valley to, to make things better, to raise money. I got all kinds of ideas. And I, I called John up. I said, you know what we need to do? We need to make a, a, a walkway from the concrete out to our gazebo because it's just grass. Right. Eventually you're going to have a, a line in the grass. Well, yeah. And, and mud and whatever. So we talked about it and we decided we were going to do a brick, a brick, um, paver. Yeah. A paver, a paver, uh, fundraiser. So you can buy a paver, um, it's $125. You can put on several lines. You can put on a, uh, uh, whatever Masonic emblem, you want um you can buy you can do it for businesses all the way down to just a single paver um but what we did i said to john i said the first thing we need to do is check call the city and make sure we don't need a permit you know because again someone's going to drive by and look at that and say what's going on here so we called down and the guy said, well, what are you doing? And John says, well, we're putting in a memorial garden, and this is how it's happening. We're going to put the bricks in and do this and do that out to the gazebo. Well, if it's a memorial garden for a fundraiser, you don't need a permit. 
So bingo. <laughs> but once again, we we got lucky, I guess, with what we were doing. Um, so we do have them for sale. I would I would expect uh, we, to see. We, we do. We Masonic Light Podcast will commit. We've already committed to buying uh, one of the large pavers. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, they're you know they're available right on our website. Yes, I'll they throw are. I'll throw the shameless plug out there that you know you can go on our our website and um, it's right there. The best thing about it is when you click on the link, it takes you right to the company that we're dealing with. You fill it out. If you don't spell your name right, that's your fault, not mine. Um, we're not having to enter anything in. Um, they do everything. They make the bricks. They send them to us. They're guaranteed for life. They're guaranteed for life. For our life. For our life. Yeah, well, <laughs> for, the, for the life of the company, but it's been around for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're doing that. Yep, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a little bit more from, uh, from Bud Baker, Commander-in-Chief of the Valley of Harrisburg. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. From planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. And we're back. Uh, tonight's guest is brother, uh, the illustrious brother Lynn B. Baker, 33rd degree, uh, commander-in-chief of the Valley of Harrisburg and district deputy of the 46th Masonic District in Pennsylvania. Where is the 46th Masonic District? Um, the 46th District is um, Sealands Grove area. Sealands Grove, Sunbury, um, and then the rest of them are all little. So BFE. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. A lot of BFE north of Harrisburg. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Fifty miles north of Harrisburg. It's like three hundred miles out of like Tesla range to get there. Oh, you ain't getting there by that. <laughs> yeah. Trees outnumber yeah. people by like three hundred and fifty to one. I, I live in more. a small town called Beaver Town. There's probably about. Eight. I've been to a bar called that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the same. No. It's, oh. No. <laughs> it's, it, there's, there's probably about a whole eight hundred people. And when I, you know, I've, I've lived there since I'm five. And uh, at one time, I knew about every person that lived in that town. Uh, that's changed since I've gotten older. But yeah. let's go down to Beaver Town. Yeah. There we go. So go. before the break, we were talking about a lot of the things going on in the valley. One of the things that uh, all of our Scottish Rite Valleys, I believe, uh, uh, contribute to are the Children's Dyslexia Centers. Um, yes. Talk just a minute about the one in the, in Harrisburg. Just a minute. That's difficult. Well, um, I two, was two minutes, three minutes. I was the the chairman of the board at one time. Um, I am dyslexic myself. Um, never got diagnosed or trained, um, so I basically don't like to read very much. And and when I sat down with the two 
directors in Harrisburg. We have two. We have co-directors. That way, they don't have to spend as much time there. One person, um, you know, we're going over everything, and they're looking at me and smiling. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know? They know. Oh yeah, they knew. They <laughs> they diagnosed me right there, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I know, but um, that's probably why I was so passionate about my job, um, and, I, and I still am. Um, so we had, before the pandemic, we had somewhere around 14 to 17 tutors. Um, we would do about 30 to 32 students maximum. I think we could handle was 32 for the rooms that we had. How many classrooms do you have? Uh, one, two, three, four, five somewhere around five or six classrooms okay. and then we had a you know um the office for the the directors one, two, three, four. yeah we had like six or so um you know but with the the, the tutors and the, and the room sizes we could do about 30 32 students we had somewhere around 17 um tutors at the time and that's not what they're supposed to be called nowadays but i still call them that um but then the pandemic hit and some of the tutors refused to do the online um tutoring because you know first off even with a, a regular student it's difficult mm -hmm. you know to say the least and then you throw in one that has a a, a, a learning um learning disability. disability yeah our director tried to explain to me how and how in different ways how they teach the children yeah so it's not just like you know, no, and, and like five five ways yeah. or something. It yeah, is. it's really it's 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 difficult, especially then if they have a brother or a sister or siblings out running around in the house while they're sitting in front of this dang computer monitor talking with their tutor. You know, so we had several of them refuse that, and then when we came back to in person, we had several of them refuse to come back to in person. So you know, we lost. Uh, our our number of tutors so we can't um, take care of as many students at this point but you know sometimes things happen for a reason and I think with new tutors coming in fresh ideas I'm not saying the old people were bad or anything but you know sometimes when the new broom sweeps it clean it 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 makes a difference in and what's happening there and then and the kids and everybody you know all the new tutors are very energized and um i'm i'm really uh, uh very proactive for our dyslexia center or any dyslexia center because we also have supported lancasters um they have a bowling night and the valley of harrisburg came out and uh, overwhelmingly supported it we had i don't know how many um sponsorships and how many teams that bold there but um you know we even helped raise money for um the one in lancaster so um yeah our our learning centers are are really big for me it's one of the best charities i mean people when people think about masonic charities obviously they think about the shrine hospitals but for the children's dyslexia center connection with the uh, scottish right it's it's pretty amazing and it, it well really especially reaches. in 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 harrisburg and yes. lancaster and i'm not sure what reading does um but we charge nothing same here. Yeah. Yeah, I figured as much. I mean, that's that's individual um, the dyslexia center's preference, but um, you know, I know what our budget is. It's it's you know over one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year to to take care of these. So I'll, I'll give a, I'll give a quick plug because Scottish Rate was one of the first legitimate organizations that gave us money. 
mm-hmm. here at the podcast. Yep. So um, there's a big thing the Scottish Rate does called Giving Tuesday, and it's going to be on November 29th, so you'll have time once this comes out. The cool thing with the um, learning centers, any money that you donate between now and the 29th to the learning center will be counted. And there's a competition so that the valley with the most donations, not the most total dollar amount, but the most donations. So if you go on to donate right, and that's donaterite.org, you can click Children's Dyslexia Centers in the drop down. Next drop down, you can click Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or your home. I'm biased. I want you to click Reading, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then the additional instruction space type donation for Giving Tuesday, and they will count that as an individual donation. And if the valley um, that gets the most, as long as they raise $5,000 on their own, will get $5,000. If they raise, say, $4,000, they'll get a matching. But it's an opportunity for a valley to get... And the $5,000 number is because that is the cost generally to teach one student for one... That's well. That's what they. Yeah, that's their. It's it. You know, we sat down and figured it out. It's more than that, um, but they they figure that as cost per one student per year, um, which they have a um, they have a donation <clears throat> they have a donation called sponsor a sponsor a student, and and that's what the that's what it costs to sponsor a student for a year. That's where that that's where they get that number from. So that's a really good cause. So <clears throat> reach out to your local center. And if you don't want to reach out to a local one, us here in central Pennsylvania, Harrisburg or Reading, would love to have your money. Absolutely. Sure. So the uh, uh, Supreme Council of the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction has a number of programs. Obviously, uh, the Children's Dyslexia Center is one that's kind of shared across uh, the country. Uh, But they've recently introduced something called the Pathfinder Program. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, the Pathfinder Program is, um, if if you're a Mason here in Pennsylvania... You know about our um, master builder master builder program. The Pathfinder program basically is the master builder program on steroids. And if you don't know what that is, um, basically what it is 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 a program to teach you about the Scottish Rite. Um, it'll teach you about your your building in general. It'll teach you about um, you know the Scottish Rite all the way around. It makes you meet people, um, get their signatures, talk to them. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, when the, when the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction rolled this out, everybody got the little field guides. And that's about what you got with not a whole lot of explanation about it. Um, and Larry thought it was a glorified passport. Yeah. So basically what you need is the guidebook. There's a big book, a guidebook, which um, I happen to be one of the advisors for the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I cover central Pennsylvania, which I have uh, six valleys that are are mine to um, take care of. And and each valley, I sent them a copy of the new updated guidebook because from the time it was um, brought out till now, We've added some mile markers, as they call them, um, so we have a, 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 a newer version. Um, 
if you have that book, you understand a whole lot more about what the Pathfinder is. It explains what each mile marker is. You know, it'll go in and tell you organization. All the little field book will say is organization. What the devil does that mean? I don't know. But you look in the big book, and under organization, it says, okay, you need to know when your when your uh, valley was constituted. You need to know this about your valley. You need to know how many, you know, some valleys don't have all four bodies. How many bodies does your valley have? You know, how many officers, and so on and so forth. It teaches you a whole lot more about the valley, and it gives you a better idea of what you're getting yourself into, I think. And it does it in a way that it almost forces forces you to talk to other people exactly so it forces me to ask you yes. as someone i meet at the valley so tell me more about these bodies that they keep talking about and, exactly and you may not know the answer but you know the person who knows the answer right and and it, it forces that yeah, one of the things when i first looked at it as as somebody that's been i've been a scottish rate mason for 22 years but i've only been really active for the past six or seven um but being active for the past six or seven, I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. Like, like I, I can knock all these out in the next six months. Yeah. But then when I took this uh, secretary position, assistant secretary position, you know, I, one of the guys that had just sent a petition and just joined, he's like texting me back and forth, and I'm helping him with this program. And, I, and he is not originally from the area. So, like, he's now made a contact point at our valley, mm -hmm. and that has got to increase the chances of him showing up to a future reunion right. exponentially. Yep. And some of the things in the book are like, you know, take a minor part, a non-speaking role in a, in a future degree. Play. Well, they have they're, they're having play bills now, so I think Larry was right oh, ahead Larry of his time. Was, oh my skit. gosh, Larry was right. Skit. According to Tom LeBall, skit. Okay, they're 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 making play bills available for these degrees. Oh, so maybe Maris is ahead of the game by calling him <laughs> oh, plays. No, we can't let him know that. Well, <laughs> Northern Masonic jurisdiction took all the secret stuff out 15 years ago. The handshakes, right? So it. My Larry could be on to something. Oh my gosh, Larry on the cutting edge. But um, yeah, so I encourage any new, new, new middle old brother, experienced brother, dive into that passport. If you're doing, if you're doing the work as a, as especially as an officer, if you're showing up and doing the work as an officer, you're already doing what the Pathfinder is asking you to do. And look, you can ask Brother Tim. I, I, I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't already done or won't do. I am a, I am a leader who I feel you got to lead by example. Did you complete it? I surely did. I did too, but I haven't gotten um, my surprise yet. Well, I got mine. But what you got to remember is the only reason I completed mine as fast as I did is because I'm the commander in chief. I felt I needed to be done. And again, I, I, lead by example. I don't ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. To be perfectly honest, the Pathfinder is more of a journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. The more you delve into it, the more time you take, the more you learn exactly what you should learn about it. Um, again, I'm a 20 plus year member as well. Um, 
and I didn't get active until um, I was done being worshipful master in 2009. So I've been active a little bit longer than you, but still, um, you know, I learned stuff. But don't get scared. It's not the HGA. You're not. No. You're no. not reading and writing scholarly papers. Right. Um, the, another great program. Yes. But it's right. for a different person. Exactly. exactly. This yeah. is and it's a e- living example This is for every person. Right. Tracing something farther and it becoming easier. Right. And, and, you know, again, one thing about this is what you're doing is you're helping somebody. So now without even, without even being asked to do it, you're mentoring someone. You're mentoring someone. Oh, I get points for Valley of Excellence. Hold yes. On. Right. Oh, hang on. Put that right down. Which that's, we're going to talk about in a and, minute. <laughs> and, and that's probably, I was going to say, that's on Tim's list too. But, you know, again, without even asking, now you're a mentor of somebody who's going to call you or text you or whatever. You know, and, and that's the other thing. We've got to learn to use the medium of whatever, emails, texts. Or phone calls, whatever works for whoever you're dealing with. You know, we've got to stop being so rigid and we've got to be a whole lot more flexible in in everything that we're doing. But the Pathfinder, again, um, it's a great program. It really, really is. They just rolled it out a little bit. Not so good, I guess. Um, It would have been nice if they could have said, okay. And I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, it just would have been nice to have the big book right away with the little book, and then you would understand a whole lot. But I get why they couldn't mail you that big book. You know, it would have cost them a fortune to mail everybody the big book. Honestly, guys, if, you, if, if you're a Northern Masonic Jurisdiction Scottish Rite member, use your num- membership number on your card. Get online access to your account, and you can do all of that. You can look at, look at your passport. Everything's online. It's all online. I didn't. I didn't fill that hand field book out. I didn't fill that out at all. Um, actually, I lied. I filled. I filled it out one time, and I'm like, "Why am I doing this?" Every time I would do it, I'd go home and I'd go online and I'd boop, 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 pop it in, and away you go. You know. Um, and if you're like me, you're going to end up losing that. Book. You could be like my second lieutenant commander. He's he, you know Bobby <laughs> Snyder's a great guy. Um, Bobby took his his little field book and he took his big hand manual and he looked at what he wanted to do for each one and he typed out a little label and put that in each spot and he carries around now, alert. Now, yeah, exactly. yeah now again you got to have the book for certain things if you want to get the signature you know one of the things is getting signatures of the officers of the valley or get signatures of 33rd degree masons you know there's certain times and places where you actually do need that field book for certain things if you're going to do those things but you know i'm not going around and asking you know, i was very picky on that one I'm like, I am not going to stroke some of those egos. <laughs> I waited to get the guys that walked in the office. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Bob, uh, can you come give me your signature? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And like, what's that for? No, 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 don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not asking for an autograph. Right, exactly. But it's a great program. It really is. Um, and it's going to continue. Um, and, and I can't tell you. But down the road, there's more stuff coming. Um, probably a little bit more suited for the more seasoned guy. Yeah, I know there's going to be a, like a second tier or whatever yeah, you want to call for, it. Yeah, for the more like, seasoned the guy. Season, the senior version of the Pathfinder. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's if you look at what... Level two. If Level you look two. at what okay. Blue Lodge did, we had the master builder. And then all these guys 
that have been masons for a long time. Well, wait a minute, I want to do that. Yeah. So they made the master craftsman, which is basically the master builder. Same thing, yeah. same requirements, same everything. And then they came up with the master pillar, which is everything on steroids. You know, yeah. you got to do everything to get it, yeah. basically. Um, and and which, if you go through the chairs and become worshipful master, you've basically done everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure but well, the thing is, is though, if you do it right, if you re, you know read the program and do it right, um, unless you're the worshipful master at that time, right. you got to go back and and confer all three degrees over again, which, um, you know, yeah. I did because uh, <laughs> again, I lead by example as district deputy. I made sure I had that award. Um, so lastly, I want to talk about Valley of Excellence. Yes, you alluded to that a moment ago. Because I, I know Harrisburg's done it back-to-back. We are yes. back-to-back. We're one of the few that have done it back-to-back, and, right? And the Valley of Reading, we did it for the first time last year. Yeah. Yes. Um, and So talk about the Valley of Excellence. There's some valleys that haven't hit it yet. Like yeah. Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah. Well, um, first off, the, the, you know, the Valley of Excellence, the first, the first year Harrisburg was the only one oh, okay. in the state of Pennsylvania to get it. Um, the only the only valley in the state of Pennsylvania, which you know made it pretty proud. Um, That's why they call us the Big Valley. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it made it, it was a very very humbling experience going up on stage in uh, in uh, Cleveland to receive that award from uh, the, the Sovereign Grand Commander um, illustrious Dave Glatley. Uh, it was a great honor for me to go up there and receive it. Um, They've changed it, you know, from the first time to the second time. Um, they upped they upped our numbers and made it a little bit harder, even though we didn't come close to the numbers that they originally set for us the first time. Um, but we made it, and then this time they've they've like uh, really skyrocketed our numbers. I'm wondering um, if they overshot the budget on the awards and needed to like. Well, if they. you look at the first Acry- one, acrylic features are way up this year. <clears throat> okay. If you look at the first award uh-huh. and look at the second award, yeah, it's it's half it's half the size or less. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so John Cook, our secretary, or not? Oh, yeah, in my John. mind, Jim, our Jim Shaw, our secretary in writing. Uh-huh. Um, he was talking to a guy from somewhere else who flew in. So Jim went up two, a weekend ago or two weekends ago to pick up the award. During the week, actually, in Lexington, because uh-huh. I was there and got ours. And some guy flew in and, and saw the last year's award. He goes, and he was from Philadelphia. He goes, yeah. hey, could you possibly drive mine home? Because yeah. I don't think I can fit that on the plane. Yeah, until he saw what we were And then we the, new, the new awards are more modest size. Yeah. <laughs> well, the difference is about 250 bucks a piece. You know, so the, the, the first ones cost like 450 bucks, and these are like 200 um, and and the first time there might have been fifteen valleys that got it. This time there was forty five valleys that got it. You know, so it, it makes a huge difference. And and believe me, they're both nice in their own way. Next year is going to um, be a participation sticker. That's right. Yeah. A little ribbon. Yeah. You, know, you can hang on yeah. your uh, lapel. Yeah. Well, that's if that's if you know it, it's very it's much more difficult. Um, this year we we're going to max out every category that we have available. Um, and we actually got our five bonus points, but the thing that's killing us is in membership and retention, or not retention, restoration. <clears throat> so in membership and restoration, we need 162. Oof. <laughs> yeah, oof yeah, right. oof. yeah. All jokes aside about being the big valley, yeah. that's, that means that's a big number. Yeah. yeah. So 
the only way we can even score points in that category is getting half. So we need to get to 81 before we get any points whatsoever. And that, that'll, be a, that'll be a huge challenge. And without getting any points in that category, there's no way we can get the Valley of Excellence. Now, we're going to get it. I'm going to tell you. We're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a reunion coming up. Our numbers are off a little bit, but we're still going to get it. Um, it's amazing. When I, I joined the Valley of Harrisburg in, like, 91, <coughs> and uh, when you're eating down in the dining hall and looking at the photos on the walls of the previous classes – and I think we had, I thought, a big class for 1991 yeah. of like 75 or 80 guys. Yeah, that's yeah. about what my class was. But you're looking at like these classes from 10 years before, 20 years before. And they're like 1,000 people. Yeah. It was amazing. <clears throat> yeah. It was huge. Yeah. So the thing that will probably save us um, won't be – it won't be our, our our new initiates. It'll be our restorations. Um, but the thing is, is each year that's going to become less and less. And for some reason, each year, <coughs> these guys have put our numbers up more and more. And we don't reach it the first time, so they jack it up. We had 85 the first time, 99 the second time. Now we're at 162. And the thing is, is I don't mind having a high goal, but give me something that's attainable. Um, you know, I don't want something I can just reach out and grab. I want to have to jump to get it, but make it that I, if I jump high enough, I can get it. And there ain't no way we're getting 162, no matter how you slice it. One yeah. of the, it's not happening. I mean, yeah, I think we'll get half as well. So one of the you things. You just got to get enough points in the other categories to make up for it. Exactly. Right. One of the things that one of our um, tactics uh, for, for reaching out to both our current members as well as some of uh, our, our former members is, uh, and this is part of the Valley of Excellence, is collecting email addresses yeah. for members. And I know we've made a big jump in the number of email addresses you have. What, do you have I the don't, sense of I the don't, numbers? N- n- uh, we, we have in the Valley of Harrisburg, and, and here's the thing, so when they count numbers, it's just members that are strictly members of Harrisburg. Right. So the Valley of Lancaster's guys, they count towards Lancaster. They don't count towards us. Yeah, yeah. It's the, wherever your lodge perfection is. Right. right. So we have, right now, we have 4,040 members in the Valley. Um, and we needed, I forget it was what the percentage was. It was but some it was, high percentage. It was, it was like 75%. Like, no, or no, it was even like that. higher than that. Was it? Um, you know, so John has oh, almost. 3,500 email addresses that we've got up to. I think when we started, we were only within 200 away anyways. And and over um, checking and calling and whatever, um, we got ourselves up over the the number that they gave us, which I thought it was closer to – you know, I know it, they raised it this year. Yeah, it's, it's it's a crazy again. It's a it's a number that you know they 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 push you and and the email address part of it's you know that's easy. Really, it is. It, it takes some time, but you can make it happen. Um, it's not like saying, all right, now you got to go out and you got to get 162 new guys. You know, either bring resurrect 100 guys, 162 guys, or you know get 162 new members. Uh, or however you want to put it in in whatever combination that's a it's 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 an, an impossible task well i i've noticed since i've gotten access to pennsylvania system like these old guys oh, i don't have an email 
And they're like 80? Yeah. Uh, baloney. Yeah, you you, you yeah, have you, an email. You, you, yeah, you do. Yeah. There's many of them that have them. And, and, you just don't you want know, to give it out. Exactly. Um, so there's, there's ways of finding guys emails yep um and you just go out and you find it and you and you put it in and as long as it's verified a good email address it works it works and um, i and I've, I've been i've been uh, addressing that percentage from the other way too i i go through um once a day i take a like a 20 minute of my day and i just go through our through our senior members and I check for obits. <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah. Because yeah, people move to Florida. They move places. You know, and like, um, like oh, yeah, yeah, Ralph died two, Ralph died five years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, we, we still get your publications. Well, why don't you let us know that he's passed, you know? Right. You know, they might, people might even send a check in with their. Oh, we, we have dead people paying dues all the time in my Blue Lodge. And it's like, you really don't have to do that anymore. And it's like, oh, John loved the Lodge so much. We just want... And I'm well, like, I, just dealt, I just dealt with that today. The, the brother wasn't passed, yeah. but um, his granddaughter is in charge of everything. She's the power of attorney. Yeah. And she called me and, and said, look, Grandpa's 94 years old. He doesn't even know he's a, a member anymore. Um, please, can we stop? you know, having to pay dues. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, um, let me call the lodge. I looked him up. He was only a 42 year member. I said, you know, I called the lodge. I'll call the lodge and tell them to remit his dues for the next three years. And then he'll be a 50 year member and won't ever have to pay dues again in, in blue lodge. And I said, you know, perhaps is he a a member of the Scottish, right? Oh yeah. I said, Harrisburg. She goes, Oh yeah. I said, I'll take care of that too. We'll make him a senior member. Um, no dues. And you know, she was just ecstatic that I came up with this way of keeping her grandfather in an organization that he loved so much, but had no clue that he was actually a member of anymore. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's there, but you know you got to do what's right, um, you know. And there's always a way to do what's right if you just take a little bit of time and think about it. Josh, did I see a Scottish Rite ID card over there? Yes, he. Are you pulled, a secret he, Scottish Rite Mason? He pulled he pulled his card out. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up tonight's episode with Brother Lindy Baker. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. Uh, 
wrap up tonight's episode. Uh, before we do, Brother Lynn, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the upcoming reunion uh, in the Valley. Sure. Um, so the 18th and 19th, we have our reunion. Um, we we don't uh, open and close like we used to. Um, we uh, removed all that. And it uh, gives us a little bit more time, um, so we actually get to, to give the, the candidates a little bit more value for their um, money. Uh, we give them an extra degree. But the biggest reason I wanted to, uh, wanted to touch on this a little bit is my honored guest. You know, normally honored guests are 33rds, um, command, you know, past commanders and chiefs or grand lodge officers or supreme council officers. But... Um, this reunion, my honored guest is Lawrence I. Witters. Lawrence is, um, he is an MSA. Um, he's been a steward since 1975. So um, Lawrence is in his 80s, and he's my head steward. And I just felt that he deserved that honor. Um, Brother Lawrence is, in, he's extremely excited. You know, he asked me how I needed to dress. And I said, well, you need to wear a, a dark suit um, and tie and everything. And he goes, well, don't I need a tuxedo? I'm like, no, Lawrence, you don't need to go out and buy. He went out and bought a brand new tuxedo at 80, I think he's 83. Yeah, um, He went out at 83 and bought a brand new tuxedo. He's that excited about this. So I, I really want um, everything to be as best as possible for him. I'd love to have a huge class. Not going to happen most likely. But I'd really love for anybody out there that's, that's you know, around to stop by, especially on Saturday and, and uh, you know, Lawrence is going to be incredibly honored. Um, he's wrote a speech. Um, I mean, he's got everything. He's he's incredibly excited about this opportunity, and it really makes me feel good to do this for him because he is a great guy and and uh, he's I, he stepped out of the box for me because again I made a change. Uh -huh. um, my very. First reunion, I think it was my first. Was it my first one or my second one? I think it was your first. Um, I, my very first reunion, I, I said, uh, "Yeah, we're not going to have the sausage and macaroni and cheese and the and the slippery pot pie." And as there were you gasps people, heard everywhere. As you people call it, slippery pot pie. I just call it pot pie. Um, it's really chicken and dumplings. Yeah. So um, I said, "We're not having this stuff," and this is what I want you to make. And and he looked at me like I was nuts, and I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. We're making a change here, and we're not going to have the same food over and well, over and over. That's a tradition. That, that, that's yeah. what we had when I joined. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, and and I had, you know what, I had, and and, and this is this is everything that I've done. I've I've had a, a, f a few complaints, but I can tell you, I've had overwhelming overwhelming amounts of praise thanking me for making the change to the menu thanking me for making the changes to you know to make things better for our candidates um and believe me the officers don't want to stand up on stage and open and close because three quarters of those guys are either in the back getting ready to be in the degree or they're in the back working backstage you know so they're not full lines up there anyway. So, you know, again, it's it's all about the the candidates. But really, again, this one is special for me because of Lawrence. And well, I'll see what I can do because there's – for years, 
the Valley of Harrisburg and the Valley of Reading have always had their reunions on the exact same weekend. Right. And that was always the excuse. And everybody's hard-headed. Nobody's going to nobody make that wants change. To, nobody wants to blink. Right. Well, thanks to a nice little arsonist in West Reading, <laughs> we are not having a reunion and, on that date. And we're available. And, and, I, and I can tell you, I had a long talk with my good friend and brother, Mark Haynes, today. Um, him and Brother Stummy are coming. Now, I told Mark he had to control Brother Eddie. Um, you know, also otherwise, known as the Grand Smoke. Exactly. Otherwise, I would have to deal with him. So he was going to text Eddie and, and let him know that I said that. And now all that being said, Eddie and I are great friends. Um, but, yeah, th- it would be great for but you I'll guys see, to If come. we can get 20-some-plus guys to come out. I think that might be like the first olive branch. That would be could, fabulous because we could do a, a return visit then. Again, for some reason, and, and, unbeknownst, and it predates any of us here. Uh, unbeknownst right. to me, unbe- un- and then I talked to Brother Mark about this today. Unbeknownst to him, there's a little bit of friction between the Valley of Harrisburg and the Valley of Reading, and I have no idea why. And I think it's a bunch of malarkey, and I think it's time to make it go away. Yep. I don't have a problem with the you know the Valley of Reading or the Big Valley. You know, when when you're joking around and having a good time. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I, I, I know I know what's what. And and you know, but this this stuff of having friction, we're all brothers. We're supposed to treat each other differently. We're supposed to be better than that. And and I don't know what I don't know what the friction is. I don't know where it started from, but it's time for it to go away. So I feel like Jimmy Carter here with Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin. We're going to... Which one got shot? I want to oh, be the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you want to be the well, other one. Well, speaking of... I'll get, be begging. I think, actually, I think they yeah. both did. Oh, shit. You know, speaking of speaking <laughs> of, speaking of getting <laughs> shot, I, gotta, I do have to throw one real quick thing out, Murder Mystery. You know, the illustrious director of our work, Brother Paul oh, Mummer. Mr. Big. Mr. Big, he got off the, at the Murder Mystery <laughs> Dinner Theater. He was the second one to get killed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, please, if you can bring people up for our reunion, anybody out there listening, show up Saturday for, for Brother Lawrence. It would be a great thing. And again, whatever this whatever this friction is, let's let's make it go away, brothers. Can't we all um, just get along? That'd be awesome. I'll see if I can get some guys to come out with their pretty little necklaces on. And, oh, that'd be and, cool. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, whatever you can do, I, I would appreciate it. And, and you know. I, I, I put my hand across the aisle and am trying to make all this go away. I'm here um, every time for I've you, seen brother. Degree, every time I've seen degree work in Harrisburg, it is top-notch. So I'm, you know, and that was never in question. Right. Um, the, uh, since you took over, have taken over, I've seen not just a lot of changes, but changes in attitude and changes. And in latitude. It's just a happier okay. place to walk into. And that's you and John. So congratulations. Who has fruit flies? I don't know. Larry left something down here. We've got fruit flies in the studio. <laughs> it's coming from your drink. Oh, oh. I hope they were, they were in there before I drank All it. Right. All right. So, Josh, what do you got coming up masonically in the next couple of weeks? Uh, adventures in podcast mixing. And what do you have going on on Saturday, the 19th of November? I don't know. Come up here. He's coming to the Valley of Coming Harrisburg. to the Valley of Harrisburg. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the Valley of Harrisburg. There you go. All right. Pete, how about you? Uh, this coming Saturday, um, be, oh, this probably won't be released yet, so it would be the... You just missed it, whatever. You, you just missed it, but um, uh, I'll be going up to Zembo Shrine. And actually, I'll be going to the Valley of Harrisburg yeah. for the Zembo Shrine dinner for the Potentates Ball. Um, Mike Smith, a former guest, good guy. He's just finishing up his term as Potentate. 
Um, he really made a hard effort this year to try and um, make some changes up there in Zembo, and he did. Um, so we're going to try and celebrate his year. And not ma- not Masonic, but on uh, next week I'll be doing I'll be on the local television station for eight who care, who are uh, going to be recognizing eight local people who volunteer with uh, rescues and uh, charities. So for my work with the Santa Stumble and the Doberman Rescue, I did mention Mason stuff, but. None of them really know what that is. So yeah. I snuck in a few plugs, but. So give us an update on uh, the Doberman's adjustment to daylight savings time. So I don't know, I'm not a father. <laughs> so maybe your kids can relate. But my dogs eat every day at 7.30 and 4.30. And they just know, they have an internal clock, that these three Dobermans know it's time to eat. <laughs> so at 6.30, I'm getting alternating between noses poked in my face and just flat out barking <laughs> because, Dad, it's uh, dinner time. So, yeah, so it's really hard to explain daily savings time to a Doberman. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I didn't want to give it a terrorism, but at 7 o'clock, I finally fed him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brother Baker, how about you? Well, Friday night, we have our consistory stated meeting. Um, anybody wanting to come out, it's, it's you know, this is going to be a veteran's night um there actually is two programs one is on audie murphy and one is on the sojourners um so i got that friday night saturday night i got the potentates ball um monday night i've got school of instruction for my district you know you want me to go on i could go on forever my calendar is incredibly full um but um because i'm a very good uh, time management person i can make it all happen and I can just say ditto uh, to just about everything that was said there. Uh, You'll be sitting with me at the Potentate's Ball, uh, right? The Masonic Light podcast table at the uh, Potentate's so Ball. So you and I, Jack, my wife, Stephanie. Uh-huh. You're not bringing any date? Nope. Um, and we got assigned some couple by Mike, a past, yeah. past Potentate. Yeah, we were like, uh, had to be on our best behavior or something, so... Yep. We'll see which past potentate it is. See who draws that short straw, right? Uh, and then uh, leading up to the reunion next week, several rehearsals. And then, as uh, was previously mentioned, um, the reunion coming up. So that's about it. Uh, well, Larry's not here again to do the closing. So uh, in his honor, Josh, you want to cue up those chickens? All right, here we go. Masonic Lake Podcast would like to thank Effort Lodge. Number 665. For giving us this space. We'd also like to thank our, our regular contributors, Austin Schifrin. Michelle Snyder. Michelle Snyder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Seth Anthony will dig one up from the past. I tried to get him to be a guest host tonight, but uh, he was otherwise engaged. So, um, I don't what have else? any. I either have dirty or clean jokes. I can't, yeah, we can't, I can't have any good jokes. So, uh, Why do, hey, Chim. What? Why does a chicken coop have two doors? Chim? I have no idea. If it had four, it would be a chicken sedan. Goodbye, everybody. Larry, get well soon. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody.